everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Spilling the Tea on GovCon. I'm Teresa Moon, Director of Business Development for Parabolis. We provide a better financial partnership for government contractors that includes a line of credit to fund your growth. The purpose of this podcast is to assist small businesses with success in the federal marketplace by introducing them to industry experts and resources that they may not otherwise know about. Today's guest is Calvin Mitchell, Ozdebu at the U.S. Department of Education. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? I am awesome. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, ever since we met, I have been vying to have you on this program. And so I am <laughs> super proud to be sharing this episode with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what I'd like to start with is um, to have you introduce yourself a little bit further, talk about some of your background, especially as it pertains to government contracting, because you've been in this environment for a long time. So let people know who you are and then let them know how you got started with the Department of Education and, and what you guys are currently up to. All right. Thank you. Fantastic. So my name is Calvin Mitchell, uh, Calvin Mitchell Jr. Uh, and I am the uh, Ozibu Director, Office of Small Disadvantaged Business Utilization. It's kind of a cool acronym, right? Yeah. Uh, I have been here for about two years, roughly. Uh, I was appointed in this senior executive role uh, within that time span. Uh, and prior to that, my whole background is contracting. I tell people all the time I'm a recovering contracting officer, and, <laughs> and I truly mean that uh, in, in more ways than one. But I, uh, before I was in this role, I was the deputy uh, director of contracts and acquisition management at the Department of Education. Uh, then I was at GSA for quite some time and working with other agencies on um, strategic sourcing, category management, um, um, strategic planning, long range, doing things like that. Uh, and then um, in that time while at GSA, I actually had a unique opportunity to uh, serve on Congress. And I did wow. a, a fellowship program with um, Congressman uh, Benny Thompson and the House uh, Homeland Security Committee. Uh, and there I looked at a lot of the contracts that were going on during Hurricane Maria um, so it was it was a really exciting work. Uh, I actually was able to go over to Puerto Rico and um, the Virgin Islands to actually see some of the progress that the Corps of Engineers were, were making in terms of that work. Uh, it was really very fascinating because I worked for the Corps of Engineers uh, prior to uh, coming to GSA. So I already knew about construction contracts, disaster contracts specifically. Uh, and so it was good for me to really come back and be able to talk to the congressman and, and the committee about what recommendations I would make in behalf of, of, um, of for the contracting aspect of it. Uh, and the cool thing is that they actually listened. <laughs> so they actually listened and implemented some of the things that, that we did there. Uh, the fun thing uh, while I was there too, I, I was on loan uh, to the small business co committee so I uh, represent. So I was working with the small uh, um, house small business committee, mm -hmm. and we drafted two bills there, uh, really looking at category management. And category management at that time was was a significant barrier for small businesses. So it was nice to get that legislation out uh, and introduced uh, to the house, uh, and actually matriculated um, through um, the. It changed a lot through the through the time. I learned what about markups and what that meant. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it changed a lot, but it, it worked its way through. Uh, before that, I was working at Corps of Engineers. Uh, I worked um, as a, a deputy chief of contracting for Army Geospatial Center. So uh, a lot of the uh, geospatial navigation stuff that they were doing in terms of security, I was uh, over their contracting function there. Prior to that, I was at the headquarters where I was doing policy development. So it was writing a lot of policy for um, the Actually, I've worked on a, a subcommittee with the Army writing policy, uh, and then we were also writing policy, of course, there for the Corps of Engineers and developing a framework to make sure that a lot of the procurement initiatives got out there and were uh, were implemented in all those 40-some uh, offices that they have within the Corps of Engineers. Before that, I was a contracting officer uh, supporting many different projects, construction, construction contracts. Uh, and then before that, I worked at a small place in New Jersey called Picatinny Arsenal. Uh, and it's fun to say, uh, but it's a research and development uh, mm-hmm. Army Army facility. It's weird because it's a base without um, hardly any soldiers on it, uh, but it's mostly a civilian run or uh, organization. Uh, and almost all they did there uh, was uh, ex- mostly explosive devices and, and things that went kaboom. So it was right. kind of cool coming from... Uh, Picatinny, where I blew things up, uh, and then go into the Corps of Engineers, where I built things up. So I guess you could really say I had the full life cycle. Yeah, you in did. My <laughs> I love that, <laughs> and I love the fact of what you're doing now, coming from the extensive background that you have. Um, I think for the purposes of this conversation, when I first met you, what I liked the most about the event that I was able to participate in with you and your team is the fact of how approachable you all are. Um, I think that that is indicative of your ability to speak the language of the industry. I think some people don't have the the breadth of knowledge that you have mm-hmm. or the passion behind truly helping people. Um, the two of those hand in hand make your team very approachable. And I think that that makes it a lot easier for businesses to engage with your department because uh, what you're doing and the information that you're putting out is something that you are offering up in an open conversation. And so it makes people feel comfortable speaking to you about it. And i that's how I felt being in person um, when you guys invited me to come along. Um, you know, we were talking about a lot of different aspects of, of assisting right. disadvantaged small businesses. And, right. um, and it was really warm and welcoming. And I think that that's very refreshing. Um, there are only certain agencies and certain departments that are doing that really well right now. Oh, and wow. It's because you're taking a concerted effort to do that. And I think that that's fantastic. And so that's why I'm glad that you're here, not only to highlight some of the things that you're focusing on in the year ahead, but for me to be able to highlight what I recognized as being an asset for anyone that wants to do business with you is to let them know not to be worried or concerned that they're not going to have a, a an open ear or a, a you know an advocate in their behalf when they're trying to reach out to you guys. And so I, I loved that. And so anytime you guys are doing anything, you need me to step in and, and help. I'm happy to because I, I felt really the best reception in a very long time that I have at any event. Thank you so much. And and we really so I really preach to folks uh, on the team that um, you guys are our customers, right? Small business community is our customer. So I really see it in two ways, right? We have two customers that we're serving, one being um, the small business community, the other is our internal customers, right? Mm-hmm. And really what we're responsible for is bringing the two together, right? So right. we have to hear what one side is saying, hear what the other side is saying, 
and making sure that we're providing a cohesive solution. So for me, it's customer service, right? I want to get back to small businesses, right? Because uh, there's a lot that small businesses are doing to really put themselves out there. And it's such a courageous thing that they're doing. Uh, and they're really helping our economy and building our economy. The least I could do is return a call or an email. And that's what I tell my team is that we are at the point of the spear, right? We could be keeping the lights on and building a business uh, for someone, or we could be someone who uh, adds to the frustration uh, that they sometimes find in government. And we don't want to be that. We want to be different. We want to be a change agent. And I believe that um, the staff really, really believes and has really taken that on. And so I'm glad that you that you saw that represented in our efforts. So I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And, and you know, I'm the first to, to say that you guys did a great job. And, you know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that I started my career as a teacher. So I've got a special <laughs> place in my heart for education. And yeah, yeah. I think, you know, we strive with a program like this and the blogs that we do and our newsletters to really have that education first approach where we are we're trying to embolden and empower businesses with knowledge. Because yeah. it, it, it is exactly what the cliche says. Knowledge is power. And the more you know, the, the better you are at being able to advocate for yourself. Because no yeah. business can, no one can advocate for your business better than the, the business leader. And exactly. so having channels of communication with departments like yours that are open like that is important. And the more they know about the ways to engage properly, um, you know, there is a method behind it, but right. there, there is also the other side of the table that has to be addressed and, and you guys are doing a great job. So I, I'll, I'll stop the soapbox there. We can get back on the, the flattery in a little bit. Cause I know we've hey, got a lot hey, of, I'm, I'm over the moon right now. So I, yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, great. Well, you and I had an agenda with this. And so I want to dive into some of the objectives that you guys yes. have. Uh, going forward in the year ahead. And so I'd like you to take a deep dive, if you can, about what your team is doing with regard to equity and inclusion as it pertains to procurement. Yeah, fantastic. And I think this is one of those things that uh, is very important, um, mostly because a lot of what we don't know is what is what we need to know. <laughs> right. So a lot of times when small businesses are trying to gauge or thinking of us in a commercial way, they may be thinking of us in a way that might how a state government right run. Uh, but the federal government is very unique. And at, within our uniqueness is also this whole idea that there's regulations and policies and things that we had to, to had to had to abide by. But what's really cool is something that happened is the executive order 13895. Uh, which is uh, an executive order that was based on racial equity uh, and really looking at how the federal government is engaging in this customer service aspect that we talked a little bit about uh, earlier. And it was it was it was full of information about how the government was going to address various ways, various aspects of their engagement in the communities uh, in which they serve, especially the underserved communities. And one particular section that is of note is, is 5B of that executive order, which says how will, which talked about how uh, federal agencies will reduce barriers for underserved communities and small businesses, right? So uh, I'm paraphrasing, by the way, it's not exactly the words that they used, but essentially it was looking at, hey, agencies, how are you going to reduce the barriers? Part of the way we reduce the barriers is one is, is a couple of different ways, right? 
And I'm gonna talk a little bit about um, how that is actually um, played out. But one way is knowledge, right? And you talked about that, and right? I thought about that that um, that commercial that used to come on, uh, AB, uh, I think it was NBC, right? Yeah. The more you know, right? The more you know. Uh, and, and, I, and I think about how important that is, right? Because if you don't know how to engage, if you don't know our procurement cycle, if you don't know what contract vehicles we're gonna use, then you're always gonna be moving, right? To try to get the goal. To, to hit the goalpost, and the goalpost is moving because you're not exactly sure how to engage, right? Mm -hmm. So knowledge is a big thing. Then the other part of it is making sure that we provide a, 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 um, a place that's inclusive mm -hmm. and that equity um, is is there within the department, right? So it's 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 a twofold, right? I got to educate my customer, right? But I also have to make sure that my customer. Uh, the internal customer is 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 within an environment where they can be receiving some of these small businesses that we're cultivating on the outside, mm -hmm. and so uh, out of that spurred a, what's called an equity plan. And I want everyone to know that every agency had to develop an equity plan. If you Google Department of Education equity plan, our plan will come up. Department of Justice equity plan, it'll come up. Why am I telling you this? And you're doing your segmentation strategies when you're trying to figure out how you're going to capture work for FY23. You need to know in what ways agencies are planning on engaging uh, small businesses and making sure equity and procurement is happening. Right. Mm -hmm. Because part of the one part of the people who are going to keep us honest is the community. Right. That we yep. serve. And the, Im the impact that, that, that you can have is great, right? By making sure that you're kind of keeping us honest, if you will, but also engaging us and engaging us as, as look, we're your customers, right? So we mm -hmm. want to make sure that we have that feedback. So looking at that will also help you to know how to engage with us. Uh, so within our equity plan, there's a host of events that we had had um, are going to gear to to be focused on, right? Like the A Day, right? Yeah. Uh, and and working with uh, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and and others, right? Really looking, and we were at WIP just recently, and that's that's targeted, right? Because we want to make sure our women-owned small businesses uh, are are getting a, a equal uh, equal opportunity uh, at our contracts, especially cyber contracts, right? Women are traditionally underrepresented in our cyber contract spend. So what can I do to, to, to change that is to go to these events, let, let folks know that, hey, Department of Education is open for business. And then on the backside, going in and making sure there's strategies, making sure that people are trained up and know about the Women-Owned Small Business Program, that we have goals, and making sure that when we come together, it's, it's all done. And then ultimately, uh, what we've done as a department outside of our equity plan is we started to look across the board at what contracts are spent and how the contracts are being spent, right? So what are the NAICS codes that we typically use? Uh, within those NAICS codes, what, what contracts do we typically use? Are we using GSA? Are we going open market? Are we using 8A, right? And then what we're doing is we're looking at that spin and looking at how we've, how we've done traditionally, the goals we've missed, right? How, and then we're actually breaking it down by each program office, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, program office A, looks like you really maximize the, the small disadvantaged business, but the woman owned is low, right? And so what we're doing is we're looking at all our contracts and, that are forecast, they're going to be forecasted for 23. And we're saying, hey, maybe this one can go women owned small business based on the next code. Maybe mm -hmm. this one can go A day, right? Maybe this one can go hub zone. And we're trying to forecast this out. 
to really reduce the barriers. Because what stinks about our procurement cycle now is that we make the decisions most times at the point of when we get the procurement package. And that's simply too late for any company to react, right? And then we wonder why we get poor responses on RFI, requests for information or sources sought. Mm-hmm. Well, we we put them in a position where people are are trying to react quickly to something that we sprung on them. Right. But what if we forecast it and said, hey, you know what, Teresa, I'm looking for a woman-owned small business. And I'm going to let you know that in June, I'm going to be awarding this contract. And it gives you time to find partners if you need partners. It gives you time to make sure your funding is right so that yep. you can capture that work. It gives you time to, to engage and, and have a relationship with me. It gives you time to go to our industry days where we may highlight some of these requirement requirements and help you to understand our requirements so that the time hits where we're doing market research. We're going to have tons of women-owned small businesses that know precisely what we're doing and be ready to engage. That is what procurement equity and inclusion is, mm-hmm. is really making sure that we provide an equal opportunity, not for those who are just well-versed in the contracting field, but those who may be new, right? Because we're always talking about how can we get new vendors, right? We know the vendors that we've been using over and over again. How can we get these new vendors? And so this is some of the things that we're doing in regards to equity and inclusion. That's wonderful because we've seen a decline in small business participation over the last 15, 20 years. And a lot of it is because people get discouraged about being overlooked in the beginning. So I think it's a breath of fresh air that you guys are making a concerted effort to focus on that inclusion of the newer businesses as well, um, because there's there's innovation and technologies and fresh perspectives that if overlooked, will never make it to the forefront of where we need it to be in all of our activities in the government. And so um, I love that you guys have made that a focus. And I think that it, that's a that's a great plan. And um, we're going to go ahead and, and share that equity plan that you spoke of, too, um, with our with our community as well, because I think it's great for people to have. I was making a note while you were talking to make sure that I remember to put that out there. And I think, you know, sharing from other agencies and other departments what they have in place as well right. is important because that'll help people recognize where some of the uh, dedicated time is going to be over the next, of course, this next year. Um, that and the only other thing that I would add to Teresa, which I've, I actually forgot, is the M2203, which is the equity and procurement memo. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I encourage everyone to read that. Um, it's a great piece of policy that was put out by the Office of Federal Procurement Policy, which really codifies a lot of uh, the small business trends that I think we're gonna see in 23 and 24 and mm-hmm. possibly even 25. Um, mostly in part, there's a, a, to- a topic around category management and uh, much of M- M1913, which was the uh, galvanized um, policy for um, category management, a lot of that was changed and rewritten to, to make sure that small businesses are more in the forefront. So. That's something else I want to make sure that that I get out there and that people are looking at and reading. Awesome. Okay, great. We'll we'll take a look at that as well to put that out with the information too. So thank you for that. Um, We we discussed a little bit as far as uh, recommendations that you have to small businesses concerning uh, leveraging data to identify opportunities. And a lot of agencies are, are going AI with this. Um, how are how are you guys advising the small businesses to utilize data to find new opportunities? Yeah, so there's a couple sources that I that I really want um, everyone to think about. 
so FPDS is really in Sam now. So uh, Sam is really the 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 all the the one the silver bullet, if you will, mm-hmm. right? But within that, there's a um, data bank, right? Um, you have Sam uh, where you can search on 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 um, um, contracts or or, or um, historical information. Those are the two things that I will tell you will tell you a lot about the market, mm-hmm. right? Because once you identify, and maybe you might go to USA Spin as another one, right? So maybe if you're new to the market and you're trying to see, okay, well, what does Department of Education buy? What does um, Department of Justice buy? And you're really trying to segment your market. You might want to start first with US, USA Spin. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of data that you can get to help you to kind of figure out where the marketplace might be. Uh, but once you identify what the marketplace might be, then I say go go to go to um, Sam, right? And when you're in Sam System for Award Management, look in Sam and 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 take your NAICS code, right? And you know what your NAICS code may be, and say, okay, well, I know I think Department of Justice is buying what I'm selling. Go in the in the search bar and don't click active, click inactive, because we want to see historically. Because every time you award a contract, you're supposed to put an award notice. Mm-hmm. Every time you solicit a contract, it's supposed to put a solicitation notice. When you're doing an industry day, you're supposed to do a special notice, right? All this stuff provides you with a historical um, a historical fact pattern, if you will, of things that are happening around procurements. So not only can you see that, uh, hey, you know what? I see Department of Justice is buying this. You can go in, Sam, and look at, see what the award document look, looks like. Who, who was it awarded to? You can actually even go back and see what the scope of work looks like. If you go back to the solicitation, gives you a wealth of information. Then going into um, into the data bank or FPDS and looking and seeing, okay, well, how many contracts have they have have they have they purchased? How many contracts do they have? When are these contracts expiring? What mm-hmm. offices within that department is bu- is are, is buying that work is is pur- purchasing? Right? Where's that contracting office located? Right? And all this information is very important because it helps you to build your strategy. Because ultimately, once you collect all the information, you go to the Ozibu and say, hey, I know you buy this. I know you bought this two years ago, three years ago. I know you typically buy it this way on GSA schedule. I know you typically go with a set aside. I want you to know that I'm whatever this set aside is. I'm on GSA schedule and I offer these services. Here's my past performance. How can I engage with your program? If you're 8A, hey, look on, look in the data bank. Figure out when the 8As are expiring under that NAICS code for that particular agency. Go to that agency and say, hey, I know you have this contract expiring. This is work that I done that, that I do. Do you know that incumbent is no longer eligible? I would like to, to, to partner and, and, and help to, to keep that mission going. These are ways that you can use uh, leverage data to identify opportunities. That, that is great advice. And I'm sure that Guy Timberlake's ears are burning right now because you know, when anyone utters the letters FPDS, it goes straight to his ears. It's his favorite. <laughs> and I know you know him. He is one of my favorite people in the entire world. And yeah. you have just echoed a lot of what he tells his students, the business leaders that that go and, and do work with him. A lot of what you said is exactly what he coaches them to do. And so this is great information. Um, I'm going to make sure that he watches this episode so that he can see, <laughs> see you know, he has, he'll have validation now that, <laughs> not that he needed any I certify, more. Right? I certify you guy. 
<laughs> That's awesome. He needs to put that on a commercial. You've been you certified you by the Ozdaboo there, right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I learned from him and, and these are things that he echoes all the time. So this is yeah. quality information. So I appreciate it very much. I think it's easy to follow too. Sometimes people spin their wheels too often trying to do activities that don't result to don't have results in the long run. Right. And yeah. I think everything that you've just said are, are pinpointing exactly what you can do to get. And I would results. say, don't go too crazy. Pick one or two agencies that you want to focus on, get to know those agencies, get to know that marketplace really well, build relationships, 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 relationships mm -hmm. are, are key. Um, get an Excel document or uh, whatever software, whoever you speak to, make sure you get their name, their number, what they do. Uh, and make sure you have a a, a, um, a, a contact list, right? So uh, whenever you engage, you'll know who they are. You'll know what they do. And look, it, it's also helpful too. If you're an 8A and you get an 8A and you met these people before, you can go back and say, hey, you know what? You may not know, but I'm an 8A and this is what I can offer. And mm -hmm. as an 8A, you know, you can do a sole source contract, right? Even if you just get on the schedule, right? Hey, I, I know we talked before. Now I'm on the schedule. I want to tell you the benefits of being on the schedule. Do you know you only need to find three quotes and you can do a set aside? You can find me and two other companies. There's GSA has tons of companies, mm -hmm. right? These kind of strategies, right? But it's all in relationships, right? Because once people know you, you can develop the relationships. Once something is posted, it's probably too late if you have no relationships. You want right. to make sure you're building those relationships in between. I agree 100%. Um, and this is awesome. So outside of all the advice that you've just given right there, um, I'd love to get your input and some sage wisdom that you can leave our audience with before we close out this episode. Um, any words of advice? Yeah, don't give up. Um, I'm sure there's someone who's frustrated over the kitchen table. I'm sure there's one who's the last one in the office building, right? Uh, who's thinking, okay, well, how will I get my breakthrough? Here's what I want to tell you is that if you keep pushing, that it will happen. Uh, and you don't want to stop pushing when you were just that close to the finish line. You were just within inches. And so what I said, what I always say is continue to push forward, continue to hone your craft, but also continue to build relationships. because Relationships are going to be very valuable and key in your success. Um, please, please, please leverage the Yazaboo as much as you can. Leverage um, the P-Tax as much as you can. If you don't know who the P-Tax are, we will put the link there so you reach out to the P-Tax. The scores are, are great, are great uh, resources. And all these resources are free. Free 99 right. is the best price I can think of. That's right. right. So make sure that you're using every single resource that's available to you and even Small Business Administration. Mm -hmm. They provide a lot of assistance mm -hmm. uh, to small business. So don't feel isolated. And I know as a small business owner, it took tremendous courage, tremendous courage for you to get to where you are. But don't feel isolated because there's a community of people who want you to be successful. To, Look, she the, Teresa's putting it together, right? She doesn't have to do this. She could she she's in Florida. She could be on the beach hanging out. That's right. She, even today, <laughs> right? But she cares so much about you as a small business owner that she done that has done this, right? You talk mm -hmm. about God. You talk about some Gloria Larkin. Think of yep. all these people who are really putting their time and their efforts and their livelihoods into making you successful. 
So that's why I say just keep going because there's a lot of resources available to you and that time is going to come. Well, that that's awesome advice. And it's true. If people could only see how close they were to the finish line, it would it would encourage them. And, and it's hard to see it sometimes when you're in the thick of it. Right. Uh, but looking back, they'll be proud if they keep. Pushing. Yeah, that's right. So, that's right. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you again so very much for joining us, my friend. I've really appreciated you being here. And, and this was an awesome conversation. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to seeing Absolutely. you again. Absolutely. I'm going to hold you to it. I'm in town right. a lot. So uh, we got to get <laughs> together again soon. And Sounds this is good. fun. Um, I know you'll be back again because I'm going to I'm going to force you. Uh, <laughs> but we encourage our listeners to continue to follow us. We have a lot of exciting episodes ahead to share with you. If you're interested in viewing any of our past podcasts, you can find the archives to do so on our YouTube channel by the same name. It's a pleasure to support the government contracting community, and we look forward to servicing you every single day. Thank you for joining us. I'm Teresa Moon, and this is Spilling the Tea on GovCon. Have a great day. 